played on Christopher Wren's Sheldonian Theatre, 1664-69, at Oxford University. They appeared on the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, 1922, and on the United States Quarter, minted in 1932. Italian revolutionaries used the term fascio in the late 19th century to evoke the solidarity of committed militants. The peasants who rose against their landlords in Sicily in 1893-94 called themselves the Fasci Siciliani. When, in 1914, a group of left-wing nationalists, soon joined by the socialist outcast Benito Mussolini, sought to bring Italy into World War I on the Allied side, they chose a name designed to communicate both the fervor and the solidarity of their campaign— the Fascio Rivoluzionario d'Azione Interventista, Revolutionary League for Interventionist Action. At the end of World War I, Mussolini coined the term fascismo to describe the mood of the little band of nationalist ex-soldiers and pro-war syndicalist revolutionaries that he was gathering around himself. Even then, he had no monopoly on the word fascio, which remained in general use for activist groups of various political hues. Officially, fascism was born in Milan on Sunday, March 23, 1919. That morning, somewhat more than a hundred persons, including war veterans, syndicalists who had supported the war, and futurist intellectuals, plus some reporters and the merely curious, gathered in the meeting room of the Milan Industrial and Commercial Alliance, overlooking the Piazza San Sepolcro, to declare war against socialism because it has opposed nationalism. Now Mussolini called his movement the Fasci di Combattimento, which means, very approximately, Fraternities of Combat. The fascist program issued two months later was a curious mixture of veterans' patriotism and radical social experiment, a kind of national socialism. On the national side, it called for fulfilling Italian expansionist aims in the Balkans and around the Mediterranean that had just been frustrated a few months before at the Paris Peace Conference. On the radical side, it proposed women's suffrage and the voted 18, abolition of the upper house, convocation of a constituent assembly to draft a new constitution for Italy, presumably without the monarchy, the eight-hour workday, worker participation in the technical management of industry, the partial expropriation of all kinds of wealth by a heavy and progressive tax on capital, the seizure of certain church properties, and the confiscation of 85% of war profits. Mussolini's movement was not limited to nationalism and assaults on property. It boiled with the readiness for violent action, anti-intellectualism, rejection of compromise and contempt for established society that marked the three groups who made up the bulk of his first followers, demobilized war veterans, pro-war syndicalists, and futurist intellectuals. Mussolini, himself an ex-soldier who boasted of his forty wounds, hoped to make his political comeback as a veteran's leader. A solid core of his followers came from the Arditi, select commando units hardened by frontline experience who felt entitled to rule the country they had saved. The pro-war syndicalists had been Mussolini's closest associates during the struggle to bring Italy into the war in May 1915. Syndicalism was the main working-class rival to parliamentary socialism in Europe before World War I. While most socialists by 1914 were organized in electoral parties that competed for parliamentary seats, 
Syndicalists were rooted in trade unions, syndicates, whereas parliamentary socialists worked for piecemeal reforms while awaiting the historical development that Marxists predicted would make capitalism obsolete. Syndicalists, scornful of the compromises required by parliamentary action and of most socialists' commitment to gradual evolution, believed they could overthrow capitalism by the force of their will, by concentrating on their ultimate revolutionary goal rather than on each trade's petty workplace concerns, they could form one big union and bring down capitalism all at once in one momentous general strike. After capitalism's collapse, workers organized within their syndicates would remain as the sole functioning units of production and exchange in a free collectivist society. By May 1915, while all Italian parliamentary socialists and most Italian syndicalists adamantly opposed Italian...